looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental. One that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no BS, helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things. The iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do. No excuses. Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. And there we go. I think we're live right now. Can you hear me good, Carson? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good, good. So if anybody's here, if uh, once we're live on our, our stuff and we're going to get started here, this is uh, Carson Fortner. Everybody asks all the time where I go and, and where I go visit when I go out to uh, to Georgia, besides the military bases. Uh, this is the gentleman I, whose school I go to. This is Carson Fortner, for those who have not met him before, um, like another son of mine, for sure. Uh, right. And so uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, Carson, where we um, um, well, we got some visitors already. We got like, I think, 10 viewers already. Nice. Uh, I guess. So so say hi to all our friends out there. That's that's, uh, uh, you know, coming in and um, saying hi to all of us. That's cool. I guess. How you doing? So. Uh, so here's the thing, Carson, uh, let, let's, let's start right off the bat here. We got about an hour together and, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about how you and I, uh, came to be and your uh, background. So let's talk about where you first started your martial arts training. Um, out so here. I grew up, uh, I actually grew up in a small town called Sylvania and that's where my dad, he had a drugstore. Um, and I remember when I was a little kid, uh, going to the drugstore, looking around, hanging out and. And then I started uh, karate at this small school in Sylvania under a gentleman named Mr. Prescott. And, uh, you know, I, it's funny, dude, me and you always, I always knew what art we did at Tuxedo, but I don't know. I never know what art we did. I'm assuming it was Taekwondo, but I never heard once anybody ever say, hey, this is, uh, this is the martial art we're doing. You know, I just remember doing basic karate. I remember breaking my first board and I have that board. It's funny. And it says, you can tell it's from the nineties because on top of it, it says, don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 1994. So I was six years old with him. And, uh, you know, dude, I, I firmly remember my mom and dad taking me, I remember my mom taking me to karate and there was this long staircase and walked to the staircase, got up to the building and it was completely empty. Everybody was gone. And I remember, I, that's always one thing that's really, I guess, helped me sort of like when I got students coming in from other systems or other communities, or it's really helped me to be able to take them in, you know, because I remember walking out of the door and seeing everything blacked out, empty and nobody there. And it was, it was hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, I understand that. I, I understand that. So when, so when from there, where did you, um, uh, where did uh, Clay Pearson come into play for you as far as uh, the state? So I, really, I really hit sports hard. I really, I mean, I, I've been doing sports, football, uh, mostly in Sylvania. I mean, that's the biggest sport in Sylvania. It's like, you know, how small towns are with their football. They, they are, they're no joke about their football. And so I played football 
uh, most of my most of my life. And then when I was 14, we moved to Statesboro with my with my family. I moved to Statesboro with them when my dad retired. And um, I played football in Statesboro. I was coming from uh, coming from the small town. And, you know, the two schools were sort of rivals, dude. So me coming from that town, not being uh, born and raised in Statesboro, I think played a role in, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it played a role how I was taken in. You know, I've been playing football, like I said, my whole life. So when I, when I jumped into there, my ninth and 10th grade year, I played football. And then it's, you know, dude, I, 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 I've not hardly ever quit anything in my life. You know, it's hard for me to say I'm dealing with something. And I had a coach that was, uh, I, I don't know, we didn't get along for some reason, dude. And it, he got mad at me one day. He told me that he was going to uh, run me until my heart blew up. Wow. And uh, and I was 10th grader, you know, so I was starting to come into where I had a little bit of my own mindset and I knew when something wasn't right and wrong, you know. And I said, that's okay, man. I'll just clean out my locker. And I literally walked off the football field, grabbed all my stuff, left. The next day, I went to karate. And that's how it all started. It's yeah. it's, it's funny, right? Uh, as as uh, instructors and and coaches are per se, that uh, what a coach says to us sometimes is uh, can make or break us, right? That's I've right. always felt that. Um, you know, I, my background, same thing. When I came from a small school to a big school. And I walked on playing football, so I, I played all those sports too. But I never had a coach really kind of take me under my wing to nah. to uh, to push me uh, until I got into martial arts, right? And then uh, so in Statesboro, it, Statesboro Karate, I think it started, if I remember right, you're in in, uh, in Clay's uh, school started in a little bungalow, correct? It, and, well, that was I, that was before me, dude. When I started, well, that was before you. Is it a movie uh, video warehouse? Okay, so the video where I says I remember the video <laughs> warehouse. Yeah, I remember that, right? So it was a video warehouse, and that's where you started, huh? Yeah, the good and old so, days when you could rent a video or rent a DVD. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and it was actually called a video warehouse where you actually you know what I most remember about your school? Across the street was a dentist that was a gold tooth specialist. I'll never right. forget it. <laughs> that was what's on there. And it used to just crack me up to see that going a gold tooth specialist, man, what the heck? And, uh, so this is where I see you were a young kid back then. How old were you when you were there? When I first started meeting on you, probably 13, 14. Right that's, there. that's kind of right. What I remember, I think you were a young man that was helping uh, clay teach and everything else and start running this school, I believe. Right. That's where the background started. What year did you get your black belt? Oh man. Let's see. I think it was, I graduated, uh, was it around 06, somewhere around there, maybe? Is that what it was? Maybe it was before then. I, I It's funny, I don't, I don't think about it very often, you know, dude. I, I, I guess I got my, I'm number 19. I'm number, I'm black belt number 19 under Clay, I, I, under Mr. Pearson. I do know that. You're, yeah, um, you're, you're very first black belt number 19. Yeah. So, I, you know, so I remember you. I, I've always remembered you as a hard worker. And I remember, uh, I know as close as we are today, uh, you know, we weren't, it wasn't always that way. It was always, uh, right. it was more of a, uh, you know, a, a teacher and uh, student relationship. 
it took a while for you to get within my circle, right? That's right. <laughs> well, yeah. I always remember seeing you in your red uniform. You know, that was Master Cox, and you didn't mess <laughs> with him, you know? Yes. That's, that's what I remember. That's, that's funny. Man, I haven't worn that red uniform in a minute. Um, uh, that's funny to, to, to hear that. You know, I always look back in, in, at, at times that I, I've uh, had students and in, in, in what you guys remember. So it's fun. Now, uh, once you're in there and, you you know, I remember you kind of helped Clay run into school and stuff like that. And then you went to school there um, in in uh, Statesboro, right? You went to college there. Yeah. So I so I started out before I went to college, I started out cleaning bathrooms and cleaning the mats and cleaning stuff like, you know. I started doing that stuff for Clay to get started, and then it eventually turned into me helping with Greenbelt class, and then it turned into me running classes, and then and then I ended up doing program directing. So I was there for about ten, I think about ten years, somewhere around there. I, you know, I helped from cleaning the toilets to running the mat, you know, um, and then yeah, I went to Georgia Southern and got a degree in natural and cultural resource management, and I got a finance minor. Yeah, I remember so I being like uh, I could be a, I could have been a park ranger or a hunting fishing guide or you know there's a bunch of stuff. Any it, it actually is interesting how it related to martial arts because any any natural resource dealing with human human interaction. So you know you any 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 way that humans interact and a lot of it always seemed like to come back to kids. Um, and my college professor was actually the one who who really pushed me and convinced me to open my school. Yeah. Well, you know, it's always somebody, uh, you know, pushing us to, to be better people. And you know, that's the beauty of being teachers, right? The most underpaid profession and the ones that, that uh, love us and push us the most, or they say the wrong thing and, and, and push us to a different direction. That's you right. know? Uh, so that's, you know, it's always, it always runs that way. I always have yeah. much respect for, for everybody like that. And I remember you doing your financing, you know, I had a, it's funny, right? You used to uh, clean the toilets and you, and, and that's how you started cleaning studios and stuff. We all did that. And we still do it today, having our own studio, right? That's right. Well, that's what I tell <laughs> these guys who, uh, I tell these guys who get to jump straight into construct, uh, to instructing, you ain't got no clue. <laughs> that, you know, you've got to skip all the stuff. You don't know how much you should appreciate anybody who's doing any kind of cleaning in the school because you don't it, just to get out of the mat to be able to teach is is not is you skipped a bunch of parts yeah so <laughs> so we wish we had just that right i i often i often talk about this uh carson because i think your success comes from you having to go through the growing pains and um our 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 little our guys that are, are underneath us have to see that um, I always thought that that was a deficiency. I don't know if you agree, right? That I went through all the growing pains. I almost, you know, couldn't um, sustain my school. I remember the many phone calls when you first opened your school uh, back and forth every night. This is where I'm at. And and just, you know, navigating through that. Um, but that is what made us the successes we are today is, is the growing pains. And that's you know, unfortunately for the people that work for us or under us and, you know, my, my son even, right. Or Matthew for you, or they've, they've skipped that we've already built right. and they've, and they've got to step in. And, and so they, they miss that learning process, the failures that come with it. They have their own failures. Yes. But 
you know what I'm talking about as far as that goes and, and as far as business and stuff like that. Um, so it, you right. know, it's, it, like our, it's like our kids, uh, you know, we try to give them as much as we can so they don't have to go through the things we did. I think that's what it's, that's what I can relate back to these guys who are working for me. You know, I try to make it so it's, so the same thing you did for me, dude, you know, like you said, I've already done this. And so I, I tell people that I said, I'm only, I'm 33 right now. And I said, I'm only 33. I've had my school for 10 years and I've already experienced almost everything that Master Cox has experienced in 30 years, you know? Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah. If there's anything I can, I, yeah. I, any of our, our young people that I can help, uh, deviate from that would be it, it i definitely i definitely uh capitalize on my mistakes teaching mistakes uh, opening mistakes and stuff but you know even even so just so everybody knows you know i i didn't have a college degree like you had you know there's something to be said about that your writing skills your organizational skills uh your skills that in the minor in finance you know how you've how you've dealt with your money and 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 to be able to go where you're at today and so I think in your in this first segment, we talk about um, what really kind of pushed you and I together, uh, where people will be able to relate. Some of these people relate to you, but uh, was your father, right? That's right. Yeah. So in 2012, my dad, he died of, uh, of cancer. He had uh, small cell lung cancer. And, you know, to see somebody you really like. You know, I love my dad. We were so close. We we ate breakfast almost every morning. You got to do that with us all. And, and we hung out. I called him every night. And my favorite thing to do was always, especially after I opened, was call him after every day and say, hey, this is how many new students I had today. And that was something we always, I really enjoyed with him, you know. But unfortunately, after not too long, I guess it was two years after I opened my school, that's when he got cancer. And that last... Uh, last two weeks, man, was brutal to see somebody go through. And, and when he passed away, there was two people, um, that called me every single day. And one of those people was you, sir. So, you know, that's how, that's how me and you, I mean, we were starting to become close, but that really, you know, changed things because I don't know, you just, any, anybody who, who has been through a loss like that, if you got somebody who actually cares enough to check on you daily, and check on your family daily, then that, that, I don't know, that makes a huge impact and on you, you know? Yeah. I remember, I remember the days, uh, vividly, uh, you know, I've tell the story all the time of me getting to have breakfast with your father. There's two things I remember about it the most. When I tell this story, uh, we were at your, your dad, it was with all his friends and they're, they have silver. I don't know. They got silver coins and they got these silver, uh, spoons, <laughs> right. And, and they're and they're and they're bantering back and forth. These old guys are bantering back and forth about it. And I and uh, we're at this little cafe in Statesboro, and so and so is trading and whatever what whatever they're doing. And I just I remember it vividly. Those guys just and this is what your dad did. And I remember you always saying, yeah, I think you even went golfing and stuff with your dad, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, uh, and then your dad kind of took me to the side, and he goes, I want you to make sure. You help my son. Uh, and I told him that day, I said, no, your son will never, never go without help. I can guarantee it. And, uh, and then he goes, and by the way, you don't need to leave a dollar tip. A dime is fine for coffee. <laughs> I'll never forget. It. Right. And, was, and uh, he's like, you're leaving too much of a tip. You know what I mean? Um, 
because your dad was the pharmacist, the town pharmacist there, right? And uh, knew everybody in town and and uh, that's where you grew up. And so this really where, so people ask where we really forged a relationship. I remember the, those dark days very well. I remember you laying right next to your dad in bed uh, while he, yeah. you know, on his, on his final days. And, uh, you know, I just remember it. I remember it vividly uh, like it was yesterday. And uh, your dad definitely, before we get out of this segment, how proud he would. I tell you that every time I come to Black Belt Testings, uh, how proud your dad would be of you and, and the man you've become taking care of your uh, family here as the man of the family with your mom and your sister. And now you got nieces and, uh, and, and, and your own daughter and stuff like that. So, you know, you're growing up to be a good man. So, no, I appreciate you, know, it. you know, I guess this is what's, what, what kind of compels the next, the next thing that we're going to talk about really is this special kicks, um, when you, you know, when you're, when you, when you're uh, a martial arts instructor, uh, everybody comes to us, man. There, there's so many different walks of lives, and we always tell our instructors, you really never know, because some things we know privately that, you know, other students just don't want people to know about, right? So, right. Um, you know, we ask, uh, you know, is, is. You know, Mr. Cox, you know, I've had, I've have had a trauma, I've been attacked or, uh, and then there's no place really for special needs students to go, you know, uh, uh, even myself here, you know, we've talked about this before where I had a, an autistic child that, you know, is disruptive in class and like that. And I had parents that were complaining so much. Well, you know, this is, this is taken away instead of seeing like, I mean, this is a, a learning process for your child to be around people with special needs and 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 how and how to do that. You know, they were just so mad that their kid wasn't getting the attention they have. And then I, I had to ask them to leave the school. I said, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not taking him out of class. OK, we'll we'll work around it. We'll make sure everybody's safe, but I'm not taking him out of class. I will not do that. And uh, I think you had the same heart. So let's talk about your program that you've kind of developed this thing called Special Kicks which deals with uh, special needs kids. Let, let's take a look at the background and where you decided that and who started that process for you. Well, so dude, I, you know, we were just doing our thing in the new school, uh, you know, um, I was sort of just getting going and teaching a few little ninjas here and there and, 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 and just really getting my school up off the ground. And, and I had uh, these, this family I was teaching um, and there was this little girl and uh the mom said well it, it actually funny enough i was spinning a weapon one day i was spinning a staff and the little girl she said she doesn't the mom says she doesn't walk and i was spinning this weapon and you know how you got those real shiny bright weapons and, you know that you know when you spin them real fast they look like something's out there you know and the little girl i got her to walk uh for one of the very first times when she saw me moving that staff and she just followed me and I got her to move and I got her to walk. And the mom said, hey, you think you'd be interested in working with her? And I said, yeah, that'd be cool. And, and so we just tried it and I ended up getting her to talk uh, for one of the very first times. And man, that is, to hear a parent say, I can't believe you got my kid to talk, like that is mind blowing. So, you know, I have a lot of parents who in their mind, 
And you know that I, I I have never gone through this with my daughter, so I can't say I know how it is. But I have parents that say, well, they don't talk. They just don't, they don't talk. And to me, that is like you say, that's like, that's like somebody getting an accident and saying, well, they'll never walk again. And then just giving up, you know what I mean? I mean, in my mind, I'm wanting to say, well, they're going to talk one day, you know what I mean? Whether, whether it's me praying over them or me continuously talking to them. And I, I, I've learned that if I keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again, eventually they will try to say it. And that's how I got that little girl to talk for the first time. And that just blew my mind when somebody said, hey, you, she, she doesn't talk and you got her to talk. I, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 there's, there's no way to really explain it unless you've been through it. Yeah. I, I saw when that started. So you, you started that little girl and then let's really, let's, let's talk about Austin for a second. And, um, Austin's that had down syndrome. How did you find, how did you see Austin? Let's, let's talk about the story about that and how you brought him in. So funny enough, dude, I, I decided when I started with that little girl, I said, I'm going to start a special needs program. I didn't really have a name for it or anything. I just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a special needs program. So I tried to do any special needs, any any uh, disability, all in one class. And I, and I was by <laughs> myself. And I learned really quick that that was not the right choice. So to be honest with you, dude, in the old school, it sort of fell to the side. And then when I moved to the new school, I was over – at a little pizza restaurant next to us called Stevie B's. And there was a gentleman in there with his son. And, and dude, I can't remember how old Austin was. He couldn't have been much, much older than six, five, six, six, seven years old, maybe. And he was eating with his dad. And I said, Hey, I want to work with your son. Cause I had always wanted to work with a kid with downs. You know, uh, I didn't really know that much about kids with downs, but I, I could, I knew that they were super loving children, you know, Right. And so I said, I want to work with him. I said, no charge. I just want you to bring him every week and I'll work with him. And so that's what really made the special kicks program explode. I, I started teaching him little ninjas curriculum. And, um, and from there, you know, I just sort of, I just sort of started developing a special kicks curriculum. So and we were working nonstop pretty much every week, at least once a week. And, and out of nowhere, I get a call from this organization um, that's called B&B Care. And that, they're a local, out of a local small community. And they said, hey, listen, we want to help you with this program. We're trying to get into more of the recreational activities uh, for any kids. And what we'll do is we'll pay for their martial arts. They fill out an application. They get the application um, and then their martial arts is basically paid for. And so more than that, the cool thing was like, if you had a kid with autism or cerebral palsy, anything like that, you could bring them in and I say, Hey, your, your martial arts is going to be paid for. I just need you to fill this out. And so that was to me was awesome. And that's what really set it off is they started sending me people. And then it got to the point where I was sending them so many for kids from kids coming off the street. I was sending, sending them so many, they couldn't keep up with it. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I remember how that, how that started and, and, and being able to get the money because you dedicated so much private time to, to help special needs because there's nothing really, you know, outside of maybe special Olympics that's really there. And the beauty that people don't know maybe about your school, 
when you when you talk about special needs, you're not just talking about autistic. You're talking about people that uh, cannot walk. I, I remember um, Pepe, right? Pepe. Pepe. Yeah. So yeah. I remember I remember him specifically because I remember you taking him out of his wheelchair and you kind of strapped his legs to your legs and so that you could walk him around the mat. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, that then, was cool, man. Right. So I remember you. It, it's almost like uh, when you parachute when you uh, parachute oh, yeah, yeah. and you got you got someone that's that's you're attached to. So he's attached to you. And I remember you being in fighting stance and I remember you kicking with him so he can feel what it's like to kick. And and you could see in his face that this is something that he hadn't got to experience and how happy he was to be able to do something. Right. And then uh, I think Matt Maddox was another one uh, in a wheelchair. Now I, I, I personally have got to work with Maddox and Pepe both, but, and Austin, but watching Maddox, what you did with him, I remember when you had to like literally pull him out of his, his chair and he's to a point now that he can even get into his own wheelchair. Is that correct? Right. He's, he's close. Yeah, he, he's worked on it a lot, dude. He's pretty much there where he can get in and out. He's, he's still, you know, he still needs a little help here and there, but he's doing, uh, he gets in and out of his bed, as mom tells me. And, you know, that's actually, dude, why we started uh, that, while we got in that van is, you know, his mom is, she met, she, he weighs, he weighs about 100 pounds and she's tiny, dude. Yeah, and I right. saw them, I saw her every day have to pick him up and put him in there. And so that's why we started that fundraiser we ended up getting we raised thirty two thousand dollars and we got that kid a brand or well, pretty much a brand new wheelchair accessible van but yeah that's the that's the struggle was in and out because he man he's getting to be a big boy you know he's about to be a teenager you know yeah so i saw you know for those that are watching right now um uh live with us or or listening just so you know that you know, Carson met a need for this family. He, had, I remember the phone call. He goes, man, I need to get a van for these people. We need to do something. And he just kind of started having little fundraisers. I think you had me come out there and we did a, a women's self-defense and we put the money in for this van. And then at black belt testing, I remember that you gave that, gave that van to, uh, to the family so that they can, you know, so that she can have an easier way of, um, uh, of, of transporting him. And they're probably still using that van today. I'm imagining, right? Oh yeah, every every week they come every Thursday and they work. Now they're working with Matthew, you know. And that's yeah. something that's so cool, dude. Is I really, really, it's funny that we're having this we're having this podcast this week because last week, dude, on Thursday, I started a new kid with Down syndrome, and it was Matthew working with Maddox. I had Gabriel working with Austin, and I'm working with this new young man. Um, named Liam, and all three of us, all three of us, flat us are on the mat, private lessons with three different special needs kids, and man, it really set in for me that that this is this is something that's changed people's lives, you know, and that that is something that is going to continue without me, if whether I'm here or not, it's going to continue without me, and that's what's important, you know. Yeah, well, I think that yeah, I think that you're 100. That's 100 true on that. I I you know. The uh, Austin uh, working with, with somebody with Downs, it, if nobody's ever done it before, especially Austin, man, I that kid, you cannot be in the room without being in a good mood with that child. I've yet to see him in a bad mood, and I'm sure he gets in him, but he's not like that around us. I haven't seen it yet. And 
when he comes in and you could hear him yell across the thing, Mr. Cox. And he comes up with these big hugs and this big smile. And, um, I, you know, we'll give a, a quick shout out to Matthew, um, a little bit. This is your, uh, uh, your head instructor there, uh, who's taken over a lot of the special needs privates. And you can see that, um, you know, I'll shout out for him. He's got a, a TikTok now called Special Dot Kicks that he shows all the clips of all everybody he works with on TikTok. And he's just, you know, he's got this this way with special needs, just like you do. I mean, they used to call you the uh, uh, the autistic whisperer. You could, you know, <laughs> you could do things with him uh, that that yeah. people couldn't do, right? Yeah. And, and so Matthew has that same thing. So it was just a shout out, but I I remember vividly two things about Austin and, and his down syndrome and what, what re I remember so most about that when his did his first black belt test, I'll never forget. He, I, I think it's his sword form he was doing or something, right? Uh, a sword or a, or a staff or something. All I remember is the end of it where he is just like, ah, you know, and he's got That's his right. hands up and he's just, you know, and just, I mean, I don't know. Half the people are crying while the other half are laughing and you couldn't help but have a, just an awesome time watching him be able to get a black belt in what he can do, you know, in his and his thing. And so that brings you back to your character development in your school with Matthew. I remember vividly now Matthew testing for his third degree. Now, this just happened. I don't know, last year or so. Right? right. Yeah. We're sitting on the on the panel together. I'm sitting right next to you and I'm like that Matthew is right next to Austin the entire time and to watch him sacrifice his, his test because he's super talented, right? He, he just foregoed his test to make sure Austin had a really good second degree test. He was right there with him. He was doing the combinations. He's talking to him. He's attacking for him and just the self sacrifice for another, for another kid was just, uh, was just awesome to see. I, I was, I was so taken back that day. I remember I was telling, I was telling you, man, I was like the character of, of Matthew that day was, was uh, it, that did something to me, you know, even on the plane ride home, I'm like, you know, Carson has really developed something here with the special kicks. I was, you know, lucky to be uh, watch you develop this thing and then help us even here uh, with what it is, you know, Michael, you've, even my own son, you've said it when he comes out there, you you put him in front of the special needs. And so I'm going to give you, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. It's an embarrassing story about me, but um, when I was a blue belt, I don't know if you know this, I, I used to go to class and, and teach. Uh, uh, I take class in the daytime with Mr. I when I was trying to get my black belt. And I was a blue belt. I, I mean, I remember this day vividly. And we had what would be called back then. We really didn't understand special needs like we do today. Do you understand? You know what I mean? Mm. It, wasn't, it wasn't prevalent back that in the eighties. Right. That's right. And so we had somebody that would, would be deemed special needs today. And he was the only one that was sometimes in class. And so, you know, when you're in class and you had it, you know, it was slowing you down or was slowing me down or whatever, however you want to say it. And I remember being there and going, oh, man, do I have to teach this today? You know what I mean? I was, I'm there trying to get ready for my own test. And I remember this vividly and Mr. Chikau looking at me and going, 
So you you can't sacrifice some time for to help teach somebody else, and uh, because you're too selfish about your own training. I'll never forget it. Right? Oh, I didn't know that story. You didn't know that story. Uh-huh. Uh, you didn't. You never heard that. This is one of those growth things for me, and I and I remember it today. Now, Ian, even when I watch all your kids and and Matthew and all that kind of stuff, I I had the opportunity back then to even be more of a a mentor but I didn't have a mentor to teach me how to, to deal with it. It just wasn't prevalent back then. It, it was that's just, right. and that's the good thing, dude, to me about our program and about it being like, you're, I mean, you're talking about in every single class, there's somebody with, I mean, there's not a day goes by that somebody, multiple individuals with special needs are not in the building. So you, you have no option, but for it to be the regular, you know? And so what I hope that happens is because of that, that, other students, you know, are, are, are taking that out into the classroom, into the community, because, you know, even me, dude, even me, when, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't, you, I didn't really know to take some extra time, how important it was to take some extra time to talk to somebody that is, that is different, you know, in my, in our eyes, different, they're really, really, really not different. They're, they're, they're they're the ones who are uh we're the different ones you know i mean i talk about that all the time they're the ones who are happy all the time what's wrong with us you know <laughs> well right that's the thing right when i come in so so people don't know this uh about carson right um he had made a decision that he wanted to have a special needs um we've talked about it often that at some point austin will probably be an employee there but uh you wanted to have a special needs uh, hired, you wanted to hire special needs and somebody that would greet at the door. I remember us talking about this because you said the right special needs. They're happy every time you come in. They're just right. And so you have Jabari. So the picture that I use, if you guys didn't see, you see the picture of Carson today and you have a little boy that's kind of, uh, well, he's, he's not really a little boy. He's a great, you know, he's almost a grown man now, but he's kind of laying down on your lap, right? That's the picture I chose. Yeah, he because, was, that was a good picture, dude. I don't even know where that came from. He he was sick that day. He was it, sick. And his mom was going to pick him up. And he was laying in my lap. But he was so yeah. sick, dude. It was, it was pitiful. And he was laying in my lap waiting for his mom to come pick him up. Yeah. Yeah, Jabari's awesome, man. That, that, uh, there's this event in Savannah, and if you guys, anybody, I, it was, it's probably the best event I've ever been to in my life, and it's called Night of Champions, and what it is is they take five adults um, in the community with special needs, and they have jobs in the community, um, and they honor those guys, and man, I cry like a baby every night. Uh, my wife's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think because, uh, you know, we know, I, I, I guess, I don't know what it's, what makes it so emotional for us. It's first of all, we think we're having a bad day and we ain't having a bad day for nothing. Right. That's it's right. like, you know, you look at him in Jabari, as soon as I come in, right. The first thing is, and we have something together, you know, uh, that he does with just me. Right. He's like, puts his little finger up and he's like in a minute, in a minute. And you're doing good. You're doing good. And he passed me on the back and, okay, go see Mr. Carson. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's exactly what it says. I, I remember driving up with Kat when we were there, right? And I'm like, watch Jabari, man. This is going to be awesome. And uh, and I asked him the same question. Jabari, you get a girlfriend yet? No, no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
Um, but he opens the door, asks everybody how they're doing. He, he's cleans. And, uh, you know, you've given this, this young man, a, a, a job that, that makes him feel good and, and he gets to talk to everybody. So it's, it's awesome. You've done an awesome job, man. You, you've, you've turned the corner in myself and, and other people, just so you know, just by, by, uh, your heart for them, you know, you can't, you know, you know how we are, right? We, I can't stand, uh, um, I can't stand bullies. And then you have bullies against people with special needs and they, you know, I just want to wreck them, you know? That's right. I think even as just, they're unaware, you know, you just unaware. And dude, that's the thing is you, 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 everybody in here, you know, all of the students here know that you don't act any different (laughs) to them or you'll get, you'll get blasted, man. Yeah. So it's well, it's great. You know, you you have a good friend, David Clifton. He's the other black belt in Krav Maga there, and he has an iron thing. And he's even made you stuff to help with special needs. You know, uh, I think he made this cart or something so to help people walk. And when you walk in there, it's not unusual in your school to see wheelchairs, to see uh, special needs. It's there's never a time that somebody isn't. And, and now we we make it all happy go lucky, but man, you've had some you've had some uh, some combative. Uh, special needs where you're getting bit and and everything else right that's part, so, of it. That's, yeah, that's part of it that's that's as yeah matthew matthew's take the uh matthew's taking the brunt of the tooth being knocked out and uh being bit a little bit you know <laughs> <Good for him. laughs> yeah it's well it it it's gonna it one thing it's gonna do it's going to uh it's it's definitely going to uh test your patience for sure but that's the thing, dude, you know, it's things like that. That's why those parents are so used to being let down. And so in their mind, they're just causing trouble or the, the parents think, oh, we're causing trouble or we're causing issues. Much like you were talking about with that with that kid, the, the parents complaining, you know, and and, and uh, the, the, the special needs parents think that they think the same thing because that is the stereotype. And I, I tell them, you know, we're used to the crying. Your kid crying here doesn't affect me one bit. You know, dude, I had a kid yesterday. This is his eighth lesson. And I tell them until they get on the mat by themselves, I don't charge anything. Until they get on the mat completely by themselves without a parent. You know, and so this kid is crying. He's three years old. He's crying. He's crying. I'm talking about, when I say crying, I mean screaming, bloody <laughs> murder. And everybody in the building is looking, you know. Eight, eight 30 minute lessons. He does this a whole 30 minutes. Well, yesterday, <laughs> dude, yesterday I finally broke him yesterday i finally got him to stand on the mat he did karate by himself and he didn't cry and you know how chappy is dude i'm trying to teach i'm trying to help chappy i'm trying to teach him a little bit i said listen dude i said this is what makes our school different that kid came in here eight times and cried bloody murder and would not do karate and he and today on the eighth time he's in a uniform he's on the mat he stopped crying after about 10 minutes and he did class and i said that's what makes the school different i said is we didn't just push him out the door because he was crying, he was throwing a fit, he was a little bit different, things like that. I mean, dude, it blows my mind. I've had parents come in the school and say, hey, I was sitting here because I was told that my child was not was not ready for this. They were not where they needed to be, you know, and, and I don't know. It's just something I don't agree with. I don't think it's right. Well, I think you're, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's good. I, I, I think I know the child you're talking about. I think he was there when I was there. Yeah. And uh, I remember us talking. I said, "He'll get it. You got to break him. It's like a Bronco at some point. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if everybody else can 
can uh, withstand it at some point, he's going to, uh, you know, he's going to come around. So, yeah, that's good. So let's just talk real quick. Uh, just tell us how you developed the the special kicks program now. So you've 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 uh, patented this and and you have a curriculum for it. And because people, you know, that's a question people have. Well, how do they get belts? You know, if they can't even do a form, how do they do a, they get belts? Um, so let's talk about how you develop that and what what that entails for yourself, what that looks like. Well, you know, dude, I think just like any martial artist, uh, when I don't know about you, but when something, you know, once you've been doing something for so long, it becomes second nature and it's a little bit easier and it doesn't challenge you as much, you know, and that's what I like about the special kicks curriculum is every student is different. Like me and Miss Pearson were talking about a kid yesterday that is completely wheelchair bound and she has started teaching him. I, he started with me funny enough and we were doing stuff and, and I wasn't doing any forms with him, dude, because he was wheelchair bound and you know, forms are forms are what forms are. They're a little bit harder when you're wheelchair bound. So, but now she's got him doing all the forms because he's getting ready to test for his black belt. And so I think that's the cool thing about the curriculum. That's why I really developed it is because it was a challenge to me. It was hard for me to figure out how can I get, and I really, I really need to take the time to write down, you know, the, the different children that I work with and how I got past those, those different, um, you know, punt, like for instance, I know that a kid with autism, 90% of the time when they come on the door to get them to hit a pad one time is a success for me. Like, they're not going to close their hand. They're going to hit with an open hand. If I can get them to hit at all, even with an open hand, that's a success. Next thing is, hey, I'm trying to get them to close their hand, period, to hit the pad. I mean, those things, you don't really think about them. You don't think about it. But I know, I know now, because of doing it with so many kids, that that is, the, that is a trait that is consistent with any kid with autism. Just like me and you know that a five-year-old is going to have issues doing a fighting stance or a front stance. It's no different. It's just because of our experience and doing it so long, we know exactly what the, what the consistent similarities in the training is going to be. And so I wish I really need to take the time and develop more of a, I guess a manual. I, I have a special kicks manual. And what I did is I just took curriculum and I broke it down a little bit more. And so my goal, and this could be, this could be any school dude is, to take them through a, a special kicks curriculum. And then after that, I do my, my little ninjas curriculum. And then after that, I do my karate, my traditional junior karate curriculum. And, you know, even more broken down to that is I might have a kid like Austin and see, he didn't do special kicks. He went straight into little ninjas curriculum and then straight into junior curriculum. So I had to make the decision to skip some of the easier stuff with him because I, because I could tell he could handle it, you know, and so that's sort that's sort of how I've developed the curriculum. Well, yeah, I think that that's uh, yeah, Austin. I think you're right. I think that you know all that all that helps out with um, um, if you can get him into a regular program, somebody like Austin, and then all that does that does two things, right? I, I remember there's another special needs that I think he had Downs, but he only speaks Spanish. Um, Hector. Hector, right, and you got him to black belt also. Uh, he did it with his mom. Uh, just another, just another happy kid. He was strong, man. I, I was, I remember doing that, and uh, 
And we got a thumbs up here from Ashley Sage and, and Big Ben. Um, uh, y- and you know, Ashley, Ashley takes care of uh, her sister. That is you, that is uh, special needs. And so she knows those same struggles and it's, it's just another, it's, it's, it's another person here that, that, uh, that works with special needs ourselves. So she's, she's got that same, she's got a lot of stuff in common with you also. So I think that, you know, the special kicks, I, I think that's awesome, right? Because you tie belts around them, just like you do any other karate student, you know, they're, they're doing, uh, they're, uh, they're doing, there's Ashley. She's saying hi. I just put her comment up. Says love y'all. She's trying to get a little southern. Do you see that? Love y'all, <laughs> y'all. You know what I mean. Anybody else that's on here, if you got questions for Carson, you can just pop them in there. If I see him come up, I'll ask him the question or I'll put your comments up. And uh, uh, um, for for Carson, why he's here, uh, Big Ben. Uh, if you guys don't know Big Ben, he's the one that uh, gets all of our military contracts. You know, he's the uh, the one that's always wearing, I don't know, some kind of a, uh, a t-shirt with uh care bear, care bear shirt. Or care bear Ben. He yeah, said right. he's more approachable when he wears that. I think he's... I need to get Chappie some care bears. <laughs> yeah. Get me with Chappie <laughs> care bear. Uh, so, dude, uh, uh, so do the, um, I tell, I tell every parent, you know, that my, that's my goal is to get their student in class with every other student and then and, and, and i have it's interesting to me i have a lot of parents that do fight me so hard like i'll have a kid i've worked with a year right year two years and i say listen they are ready to move into the class and they will not want me to do it they don't want they don't want me to you know in my mind i'm pushing the kid to forward to be to be better to be more to help them in, in life in general because let's let's be honest everybody's not going to be trying to help them so I got to make sure that I take the take the time that I have with them to make them as successful as I can be in their in their future life. At least that's this this is how I think I think about it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I got parents that'll that'll fight me sometimes. I got um, parents that'll come in and I'll say, "Listen, he he doesn't need one on one. He can go right into regular. Or he can go right into um, uh, you know junior karate class." And and then I, and then I do have students that need more one on one. But my goal ultimately is to, and a lot of parents do want their kid to be in the so-called regular class. You know, I, I hate saying that. It's not really. It's junior. You know, it's not really regular because those, like I say, those kids are are way more regular than we are. You know. Right. I agree. Agree with that. So uh, on that. So. I, I have also had people ask now, you know, one thing we, of course, we'd love to have our staff and everybody and, and come in, but you know, things cost money when you have business, right. And you got to pay your instructors, you know, yourself or myself, you know, we would, we would give our time to those that, that we needed to, because, you know, it was our time, but you found a way to get funding, right. Uh, to help with special needs. You know, it's really hard out here in California, but you, you said at, at one time you had what Easter seals, right? Yeah, we had Easter seals and I don't know, dude, I hear back and forth, but, but at one time they had told us they were stopping funding and recreation, you know, so I hardly have any, anybody with them. And then I have another organization called gateway and now they have, they have recently started back, but they had told me at one time they thought they were going to have to stop funding recreation, you know, dude, it all just, I'm sure it it's not them personally. I'm sure it just comes back to 
you know, state and federal regulations. It's, I don't right. think it's anything personal, but you know, I mean, it does, it does have an impact on kids, but yeah. I'm, I, I'm like you dude, whether they pay me or not, whether, no. you know, and like I say, I, I'm paying Matthew and I'm paying these other guys to, to, for their time, because this is what they do for a living. You know, I have to pay them because they That's have correct. to survive me. Yeah. I'll do it out for free. I don't care. I, I I'm to the point in my life where, where I'm going to do whatever, whatever needs to be done to get the kids, get these kids help. I'm like you dude, you know, whether I'm paid or not, I'm going to be doing the, the classes. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of most martial artists, you know, well, they get a bad rap of, of, of how much time is dedicated. And then to the, to the point, it's almost like you get, we'll dedicate all the time we can to it. And people don't really realize the years and, and, and the money spent that we did to further our education to, to help to help those that that uh, can't help themselves and be that kind of coach and and we move on and at one point you and I are going to sit together when we're older and and we're going to have the stories of of these guys that hey man these men or women really helped out my child and they're you know those are the you know when we hear those things this is the reward that we get back that we've we've um, <laughs> that's you know through this pandemic right all the complaining or that I have seen or, you know, people that, that, uh, that quit or whatever it is, the special needs, they were just right there. Every That's time. Right. You got to think you got to, you got kids and adults who are used to like our routines broken. We get through it. A, a special needs child, their routine is broken. It destroys them. That's you know, correct. So when we have to close down or, or do anything that we have to change that we have to change the way we're doing things. It's not, it affects that family in a whole different way. you got a kid who is used to a routine that has to stay in his house. It'll literally break the kid down to nothing, you know? So that's important to understand. I think. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. And that's hard to understand unless you have a special needs child on, on just how important that is. So um, when let, let's talk about this, this, this quickly, because we got about 10 minutes here remaining, but, so you, you saw that your funding is going to go. And so you decided, you know what, I'm going to make a nonprofit for myself and I'm going to fund this thing myself. And so you did a very creative um, fundraiser in the South. Right. Yeah. So we did. Uh, so when I started seeing when COVID hit, I started getting all these emails of parents. They were not happy. Not to me. They were not happy because the state was going to cut. Like, I think. At first, it was going to be all the funding, and then they decided to cut sixty percent of the funding. Um, and 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 luckily, luckily in our local community, we had some local uh, representatives that really fought hard for it. So not everything got cut. But when I when I started hearing that, I immediately started planning because you know I I told you, dude, we we're at the point where we're sending so many to them now. I know when it gets right towards uh this last few months. So we start new year technically in I think June or July. I know as it gets towards these last few months that that's when they're going to say, well, we're going to have to hold off on funding these guys because we got to wait to the new physical year. So now the cool thing is, dude, is we, we, we set up this fundraiser and we're going to do it every year because it was so successful. And we did a wild game dinner and we did a silent auction. We raffled off, you know, um, a bunch of different things, guns and, silver and trips and you know so it was a lot of fun dude and and we raised 
um, quite a bit of money, enough money where I can fund. If I, if I needed to fund all the kids myself now, I could fund them. So now, you know, dude, me and you always talk about what, what life would be like if we, if we just could do anything we wanted to for somebody, you know, and now if I have a kid like Maddox who needs a van, instead of, instead of me having to stress out about fundraising, I got this fundraiser at the end of the year. I can use that to make sure that happens. You know what I mean? Or I can use the fundraiser from the, the previous year to make sure it happens. When I start hitting, getting these kids uh, towards this last few months that are, that are, you know, not able to get the funding, I'll be able to take care of them, you know? Yeah, I thought that was very unique. Uh, you have a wild games night. So I think you guys had a, uh, you know, you had a pig and you had a, I don't know, you cooked a deer and you, you know, uh, yeah. my, my kids don't like it when I call them Bambi burgers, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to get in trouble for that. Somebody's going to be like, come on, Mr. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I thought that, uh, you know, it, was, it really it really went smooth, dude, and everybody really had a fun time. All people are already asking me what if we're doing it again. So, yeah, yeah. Well, it it it'll be once again. It's something that you came up with in order to help those with less fortunate, and you know, people come together for that. You know, for a common good, even in a pandemic. You know, it's obvious that uh, you they have a love for you, Carson, and you have a love for those that 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 need love on every day. You know, so. Uh, it's, 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 it, it, you know, it changed all of us. Just so you know, the watching you, uh, have the heart for them. It, it, it all have what you've done for Matthew and uh, Matthew probably didn't even know he had the gift that he has until now. I've told you that story before. I didn't really want to teach children. I didn't know I had a gift to teach children until it was forced upon me. And that was God's will that that's what I was going to do. And, uh, it's to take, you know, that's the other thing. I think we're men of faith, you know, um, and we are boldly men of faith. I have no problem, uh, uh, telling people how exactly how I feel and, and where I stand, uh, with my faith. That's right. And I believe that, uh, God put us here to, to help those that, you know, we may not be, uh, getting the doctor's wages. Okay. But, our reward in heaven will be there for us at some point. I guarantee it. You know what I mean? For, for all that. And yeah, you're on the forefront of that, Carson, in case you didn't know, man, you know, I, I listen to everybody when I'm at your school, talk about you and, and you've gotten, you know, you're pretty humble yourself. You don't, you don't really talk about uh, awards and stuff you've gotten. I know the city's given you awards for what you've done for them and uh, your, you know, your compassion for those that, that need compassion and, and those that need to be uh, pushed a little bit need to be pushed a little bit. It is what it is. You know, I know when I remember coach Wooden telling me that when I gave him a black belt, uh, coach Wooden uh, telling me some people need to be patted on the shoulder. Some need to, need to be patted a little bit lower. So uh, <laughs> you know, I'll never forget yeah. him telling you. I, never you know, dude, I think that uh, that's my, my, I think uh, between my dad and you, you know, I got both sides of the, uh, that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. My dad was definitely the, you know, the lover, you know what I mean? And, and you're more the fighter, you know? What I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I hear that quite often. I, I, I know I'm a, uh, I have a little bit of bite to me and, uh, but you also see the soft side of me and, uh, those kids bring that out big time. And of course your daughter's has me wrapped around uh, her little fingers so. <laughs> Uh, you know, these girls are always got me, always got me there. So before we start getting this all wrapped up here, uh, Carson, I just, you know, we, we've, 
we've talked about your special kicks and how that is and how martial arts is going to help uh, special needs kids. And, and, and you got to find a school that's going to do it. You know what I mean? So the last segment is just a little bit about your training. So everybody knows where you your background. So once you moved from Statesboro, you know, you kind of, uh, you know, tried to come under me here cause I, I'm a little bit more, uh, accessible. So you have me fly out, you know, I'm coming out there anywhere from three to four times a year. Right. And with Ben out there and uh, Chappie, uh, who's going to be working at your school, they got us to get on base where we get to, uh, you know, that was an experience for us right now. We've been doing it for, for quite a years, but when they brought us on the base to teach Krav Maga to our soldiers and, you know, that even uh, opened up our eyes on how to make our martial arts even better for them. So, uh, you're second degree black belt now in Krav Maga, I believe your fifth degree. I think we just got in Tong Sudo, right? Brown belt under Sergio Machado in your Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and the importance of what you are as a, as a student, not just a, a school owner. I mean, you push yourself, you flown me out there to make sure you're that we got you through Krav Maga. We did mostly private training in it um, with uh, David Clifton and I, and you got your, you know, your rank. And I know that it's important to you to have the right certifications for your own students. So, you know, we've been around for a long time. I mean, there's a lot of schools out there that, uh, man, we know schools out there that <laughs> haven't even have black belts in there and they're promoting people. It's, it's amazing. Uh, so, just want to make sure everybody knows where you're as far as an AKMF school, you know, under us, the East coast, you're probably the main school out there on that coast. And let's talk about your, your, where you started, right? We started in, in that little school by, um, by the chiropractor there, right? A little, how big was that? 2000 square feet. 2,000 square feet, right? 2,000 square feet school. And, you know, and then we, you moved to a, a busier, I remember you moving, right? To a busier section. And I was still, right? I was still on your case. I'm like, bro, how many times I got to tell you, you got to have two mats. How many times I tell you that, right? Uh, every, right? yeah, every time, every time. Every, every time <laughs> I'm like, I'm pulling my hair out going, you are going to outgrow this place, man. I am telling you, you don't have enough mat space. And then my office was where? Where was my office when I came? <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> That's right. Mine was the bathroom office. The instructor bathroom is where I got to have, where I could go sit down for a second. Because, uh, But you at least put a shower in there for me. That's I remember right. that. Right? Right. <laughs> so we were there. Um, we were there for, uh, how long were you there for? I was in that location for five years. Five years. And that was 2,700 20, square feet. 2,700. So now we're there. We got 700 square feet. Still only one mat. Finally, you say, I'm going to buy this piece of land and we are going to build this ultimate school in there. And you have probably the largest school in the Savannah, Rankin, Pooler area, right? Right smack in Pooler. And so how big is our facility, your facility now? It's 8,900 square feet now. 8,900 square feet. The mat is, you finally have multiple mats. It's uh, amazing, right? And uh, B, I was just out there a week ago, and your uh, your yellow purple belt class in this uh, 
Well, you live in a state that's a little bit more open. Let's just say that. And you had, I don't know, 40 or 50 um, uh, students on the mat just in the yellow purple belt class, uh, double mats. And you have a huge retail center and you've got this beautiful office and and your staff that's working hard. And you've uh, you've got to open up this beautiful facility, which even houses more special needs more students for your community and uh, you've done a fantastic job and I couldn't be more proud to be part of uh, a little bit of part of your growth in, in, in watching you uh, take that on as a young man. So, yeah. Um, and it, it's funny if you don't know how stressful it is to build something like this, <laughs> man, I, I had every, every thing fighting against me to get this building done. And when I finally got it, now I've got it done. We've been in here. It seems like, Few de- a few months, but we've been in here almost two years. And uh, and yes, and a few weeks ago, I had a bunch of people asking me, "Well, when are you open up a bigger facility?" I'm <laughs> like, "Oh my god, <laughs> are you kidding me?" I'm like, "You're trying to kill me." Okay. I don't know. I don't see how people do bigger or how people have multiple schools like you do. You know, I I, I you know I I think about that stuff a lot. So. Yeah. Multiple schools doesn't mean multiple income, bro. It means multiple headaches. Okay. Right. Uh, it, I'd rather have your big school than multiple schools. I can tell you that if it wasn't for awesome Jay Walker, that, that runs my, my other school. I mean, for all, all purposes, it's, it's Jay school, you know, uh-huh. just because I opened the doors doesn't mean I'm the one over there facilitating it. I know what the headache is. I think what people don't like about your school, what they want bigger is a bigger parking lot, not a bigger school. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> You know, they've, they've, they've had to, they've had to walk and stuff. So I'm going to have you end this, uh, Carson with, um, uh, I want you, uh, your students here watching or, or my students, I get to know you a little bit more now that they, they know who Carson Fortner is. And, um, and I wanted, uh, you know, I, I'm going to personally thank you and then I'm gonna let you close this out. But when you go into your school, man, you have this awesome artist that have done these life-size paintings of us. Of yourself, myself, and and Mr. Ichikawa. And because of your lineage and, and how how you keep the lineage of of that alive, I wanted uh, to always say uh, you know, thank you for putting me on the forefront like you do and uh, keeping Mr. Ichikawa's legacy alive. I, I think that's very important. Uh, as we keep Krav Maga's, I'm going to try and keep Danny Hazan's uh, legacy where it, it needs to be. I just wanted to uh, give a personal thank you uh, out there. But if you had a word or or something for your students, um, you know, people ask me, what is my word? Every year I have kind of a word for the year, right? And uh, mine this year was resolve, right? Relentless resolve. You guys know my kind of my personal story, what I'm trying to uh, health-wise change and so I just have this relentless resolve to, to push past any barriers. Uh, what can you end with? What do you think? Oh man, it, it's, it's, uh, this is always a word. I, it's funny because we just, my preacher was just talking about this and well, it was actually, we had, they had this, uh, this guy come in and he is a, um, a world renowned marriage counselor. He was coming in and he was talking about doing the right thing um, in order to honor God, honor your spouse, honor your family, your friend, you know, stuff like that. And just integrity, man, doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Uh, that's what we always talk about. We preach it to the students. And 
that's something I really try to focus my own life on is, is am I doing the right thing when nobody's watching? Even when it comes to small, small things that not, you don't always think about, you know what I mean? So that would be my word, um, would be integrity, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's a good word, right? Uh, it, it is who we are. We talk a, a, a lot about this, you and I, together, because uh, we do have a conviction, uh, probably because uh, uh, of our Christian values and, and, and where we stand, and we just have a conviction of, is that the right thing or is it not the right thing? You know what I mean? That's right. We talk about that quite often, so I think that's a, that's a good ending thing. I want to appreciate it, man. We've been on here for about an hour and three minutes, and we've got to know a little bit more about your school, about the special kicks. Um uh, if you guys want to see more about this, go on Matthew's TikTok. It's special.kicks on TikTok. At, and you can see a lot of uh, these special needs. Matter of fact, I think he put one up where you're in the background running and he's and he's working with one of the other guys. Um, that's that's where you can really see uh, um, the, uh, the, all it in action. You know what I mean? I used to guys, uh, you know, with Maddox uh, doing his sticks or whatever. Uh, you put little video clips up there, and we'll try and follow you guys. What's your? Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they find you on Facebook, real quick? Where Where are you at on Facebook? So on Facebook, we're under Pula Karate. So and, uh, and I have my personal Facebook, Carson Fortner. If you guys want to message me there, um, you know, dude, any of your, I know you got a lot of schools out there, and a lot of uh, a lot of schools that are underneath uh, you guys, and anybody who really wants to take take the next step of, of getting a lot of special needs students into their school. You know, as long as you got the right mindset and you're doing it for the right reasons, I would love to be part of that and help you in any way I can. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. So you notice I just popped up uh, Rick Arnold put on here. Awesome. I'm so proud of you, sir. If you don't know Rick Arnold, um, he he's from Texas. He's a, he's a, he's a school owner from Texas. This is, this is a strong Christian man, man. He's a cool, he, he is a cool cat. He's had me come out and do way back in the day in the nineties, you know, uh, at his black belt extravaganzas and we've, uh, done brick breaking. And, uh, uh, so he, he just popped in and said, I'm so proud of you. Um, it's funny when Rick Arnold, came. <laughs> I'll tell you one quick story about him. That's funny. Rick Arnold has me come out and I hear that. I, I, I think I fly into, I don't know if it's Dallas or wherever. And we got this, this private plane to take me into their little town. Right. And I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. And so I get off the plane and we're getting ready for this, this, this thing. And the plane's there waiting for me. And I'm on this, this private thing, this private thing. And there's this beautiful streamlined jet, kind of like Gulfstream where you're at. And then there's this little puddle jumper with these, the propellers. And I'm like, no way. It can't be. That can't be. <laughs> and sure enough, it wasn't the streamlined jet. It was this little puddle jumper. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. And um, was, and so that was the first time I ever, I got to actually fly the plane. I'm in the front, right? And he, I said, I've always wanted to fly a plane. And he goes, well, take over the things. And he just takes it over. And I'm just <laughs> I'm like this. I'm like, all right, I flew it for 30 I'm, seconds. I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> I, I'm good. I say I, I, I flew a plane. And uh, it's funny. Uh, Rick Arnold is a good dude. Uh, if you haven't got to meet him, go find him, uh, Carson. Uh, Rick Arnold on, on Facebook right there. I put his, I'll show you his name again right there. And um, you can go see him. 
but uh i want to thank you man that was uh this was a really good uh good time with you i feel like i'm sitting in your office because i was just there you know with cat here for a while and uh i look forward to uh coming back i think sergio's coming out for you guys soon all right in a couple weeks sergio will be out doing the seminar and i think you got laborio there also you got these two awesome jujitsu masters coming out to your studio if there's anybody in that area it doesn't even have to be with your school uh you invite anybody that has wants to train with some of the top uh jiu-jitsu instructors out there sergio machado is our instructor and labario is one of the main guys from top team he's the one that started top team and he's going to be there one day and sergio is going to be there the next i you can't you're not going to get any more better jiu-jitsu instructor you know from these uh from these black belts for sure all right so i hope you have a good day dude i know you got to get going you've got a staff meeting yourself and uh we've here in a few hours i love you carson i always have your dad's going to be super proud of you uh i look forward to uh seeing you here in, a, in another month or so i'll be out there all right? all right love you too sir thank you bye guys you've been listening to real talk with mark cox real life real topics real conversation we're passionate about motivation fitness self-defense weight loss and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.